Welcome back to Your Real Source, the podcast about the real estate industry. My name is Dave Duris, CEO at My Real Source. We're happy to start our episode two. Last week, episode one had great feedback. We look forward to bringing you more information in the future. Today, we are lucky to have John Found, the director of data distribution for My Real Source with us and we'll have an interview with him shortly. But I want to remind everyone that Your Real Source has a website. It's yourrealsource.info. And if you go there, you have the ability to ask questions. And when you ask questions, I might answer them. Oh, it sounds like we may have some questions from our listeners. My executive producer, Jake, do you have any questions? Yes, I do. First question. I heard my real source provides vendored MLS services to other MLSs. What does that mean and how does it work? That's a good question and it works great. We've been doing it for quite a number of years and we're up to seven different MLSs that we vendor. How that works is my real source wholesales MLS services to other MLSs and then they retail those services to their members. It works out well for them because we can help them with support integration into different MLS products that they may want to have for their members. And it also allows us to help them with data sharing. And we've become quite proficient with data sharing over the years. So thank you for that question. Next question. I hear my real source will soon be adding Mishrik to their data sharing. What does this cover and when will it be live in Paragon? That's a great question. And I'm excited to say that that should be available for our members on June 1st, thereabouts. And that's going to be a huge addition to our data sharing. Uh, I would like everybody to visit yourrealsource.info and we'll post a, a map that shows the coverage area that Mishrik uh, includes. But in general, it's the west side of the state. It includes areas like Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, and many others. Thank you for the great questions, and I'll be looking forward to answering more next week. Now I'd like to move on to today's guest, John Found. John is the Director of Data Distribution for My Real Source, and today we will be discussing data distribution and how it is so important to our members. Let's get him on the air. Okay, today we've got uh, a special guest, John Found, who is in charge of data distribution for My Real Source. And I want to really thank you for joining us today, John. Oh, thank you for having me. So, data distribution, uh, I would imagine that means it's uh, when the data is being distributed outside of the uh, MLS. So, inside the MLS for us is Paragon the different prospecting tools inside there that allow buyers to see the listings and other products that are integrated, such as CMA products, things like that. So all that would be inside of the MLS. So if you're in charge of data distribution, where are you distributing this data? 
Oh, well, that was, a, that was a much more succinct way of putting it. I think I would have rambled for about five more minutes trying to describe what I actually do. Um, I would say in terms of distribution, uh, syndication channels and IDX channels would be primarily where we send out the data. Uh, we also provide back office feeds for offices that would require a data feed of their own uh, information. Uh, so those would be the three main uh, avenues for distributing the data. So when you talk about the back office feeds, so that would be a broker that has some internal uh, reason for wanting to have his own listings back, not, not other people's uh, listings from other brokerages, just his own, uh, that right. he, want, he wants back to do something with it in his office or in his... Right, right. Uh, often they'll, they'll request uh, that we send a back office feed uh, either for like a CRM platform or, or another internal platform. Um, if, so something like that, we would run a filter on the feed to ensure that it's just their data that's going out. Um, for that sort of thing, it's much more... Uh, streamlined process than what we would be doing in terms of IDX because the data is owned by the broker that makes it a little bit easier for us to just send it out freely it, it's yours to do what you want with it whereas if we're dealing with other people's data that's when it gets a little bit more complicated okay so I, I saw that uh, in May of 2020 here the a National Association of Realtors just uh, changed one of their rules, which uh, goes into effect um, by January 1st of 2021, that requires MLSs to uh, give a feedback to uh, brokers of their own data. And I was interested to see that there are some MLSs that either already have or are now newly creating uh, a license agreement to license the data back from the MLS to the broker. Is that something that my real has to worry about? It's no, not for us. Um, the difference between us and a lot of these uh, realtor owned MLS is uh, we're broker owned. So for us, the data is already owned by the brokerage. They actually license it to us as opposed to the other way around. So we wouldn't need any additional licensing agreements with the brokers. It's their data. We're just giving it back to them. So what we're seeing for this new NAR mandate for 2021, that's going to have a lot of the ones that are not broker owned, a lot of the MLSs that aren't broker owned, then they're going to have to have this new setup where it's just freely giving it back to them. Us, we've already had that in place for us. 99 years we've been a broker on MLS uh, and for decades and decades it's just been the brokers licensing it to us so well, well, us licensing it back to them it's, so yeah, we've we've been a, a broker on MLS for 99 years but I got a feeling that 99 years ago we didn't have to worry about uh fees yeah yeah it, it's just been for the last few decades that where it's been uh the matter of uh, licensing the data to us. Um, so the way it works is then the broker, when he joins uh, my real source, he actually signs a license agreement and licenses the data to the MLS. 
And right, for specific purposes, uh, for for what we would be doing, that wouldn't be applicable. For sending it back to them, there's nothing that we would have to adhere to. It's when we're sending it out to public-facing websites, or like IDX websites, that's when that would come into play. Okay, so the the way this works is this new NAR uh, mandate will not uh, affect anything uh, that you do in your job at data distribution as it relates to to that. No, no, not for what we do. For what we do, we've already been in place. It's really just the broker request. We get it in writing saying, hey, we want you to send our data to this third party, and we do it. If it's their data, it's that simple for us. So so it's been owned by the broker. The broker licenses it to us, and we freely give it back or send it to any vendor that he requests. That's been the way it's been for decades, and that's the way it remains. Yes, decades, not a full 99 years. <laughs> not, not all 99 years. Okay. All right, so let's talk about uh, – we talked about the um, – back office feed or uh, for his own internal use if a broker needs it. What if he does want to send it to some of the big uh, national portals? And can you give us some examples of what the big uh, advertising uh, national portals would be? Yeah, so the national portals, we'd be talking more like your Zillow, your Realtor.com, Homes.com, some of the CoStar websites. That's where we would be at the broker's request, sending their data to a public facing website. So rather than the back office feed for where it's for internal use, this would be to have it published publicly. Now we would still want there to be certain fields for that syndicator, that publisher to display. So for that, we would still, we would be looking a little bit more closely, whereas the ones that we're just sending for the back office feed, that's just freely provided back to the the brokerage or, or their third party. For this one, we would have to ensure that these portals are displaying the, the information that we require them to display. So that would kind of be the difference there. But in the same realm, it's still us just adhering to what the broker wants to do with their data. We're just the conduit to get the data to where they want it. So if a broker wants to send his uh, listings to this one, but not to that one, we just follow the broker's direction. Right, right. So for that, we would actually be running a filter within our system would be adding the office to distribute their listings to this uh, portal. Okay. And again, there's no uh, licensing. I mean, we're just sending in the, at the direction, at the direction of the broker, we're just sending his listings to what, whichever portal he uh, directs us to do. Yes. And then the only obligation would be on the portal to display the required fields. That would be the only obligation on uh, the publishers and things. And uh, if we have a license agreement with one of those publishers, they can piggyback on that. Or if they have their own uh, uh, agreement with a, a publisher, they can do that and still tell us to send uh, the feed to uh, that publisher. Right. That's where it gets a little bit more complicated because in that 
effect, you would have the data would be coming from multiple sources. We like to think of it as we would be the one sending it for the backup. If the franchise, uh, like larger franchises, like to send their own syndication feeds to some of these bigger portals, they'll be sending that feed, but we would also be sending one just in case there's something that goes wrong on uh, the franchise's feed, for instance. Okay. And that's something that's becoming a little bit more common that we'll be running a lot of uh, MLS feeds as opposed to franchises being more reliant on their own feeds. Okay. All right. So then that covers the uh, syndication portals. What about when we get to IDX? So what's different about uh, an IDX feed? Uh, a lot. <laughs> that's, it's one of those things where it's, it's always it gets tricky because people kind of conflate IDX and syndication, not really understanding the difference between the two, because it's both, it's the display of data on a public website where IDX differentiates itself from these larger portals is IDX websites are a brokerage website or an agent website. It's a website representing a specific agent or a specific office. So when we send out a data feed for that, we require a lot more in terms of acknowledging who the listing office is would be probably the main differentiator between uh, uh, that and. So you're, and so you're not just sending that brokerages listings, you're sending everybody's listings. Right. And, and that's the thing is we're sending everyone's data. So we would need everyone to get proper attribution even though it's an office specific website or an agent specific website, because it's more than just their data, that's why it's a little bit more uh, strict in terms of what we run our compliance checks for. So for us to do an IDX feed, it is us and all of the MLSs who we have that agreement to publish their data on IDX websites. It, it, so it's going beyond just my real source listings. So not only is it going beyond just the agent's uh, listings or the office's data, it's going beyond just my real source's data. So that, and, that IDX feed could include the other brokers in that MLS as well as other brokers listings from other MLSs if the data sharing agreement right. allows that. Exactly. If there's a data sharing agreement between us and these other MLSs, then you can have an agent website that is not just displaying their listing or their office's listing or their MLS's listing. They're getting substantial amount of, of Michigan would be displaying on their website. So for something like that, because it's not just their data, that's why it's a little bit more complicated than them just requesting, hey, can you send my data here? This is, hey, can you send my data and everyone else's data here? So they're asking you, they're asking you, hey, can you send my brokerage listings and the other brokerage listings in my MLS and the other brokerage <laughs> listings in the other LMLSs that we data share with where we have that uh, agreement and send all of that to this vendor that's going to put up an IDX site for me as my brokerage. Right. And sometimes it's it, if it's a vendor that we haven't worked with before, especially we're hesitant to do all the data all at once. We want to make sure that they're displaying the requisite fields. We want to make sure they're giving attribution to that listing office uh, beyond the own brokerage. 
uh, whose website it is. So are you looking to see if there's attribution and not just for the uh, brokerage office, but attribution for the MLS that provided it, as well as the originating MLS? So there's multiple areas of attribution. Yes. So it would be the listing office we would need to see. We would need to see the MLS to which they belong. That's important because for that, we would need to know, well, if this brokerage isn't just a My Real Source brokerage, we need to know, but we would also need to know the source of the data. We would need that to be displayed because that is what tells people if there's an issue with the, the data on the website, who was providing this data. So that's where you'll see the source MLS would be listed as My Real Source, but the originating MLS might be a different MLS entirely. It might be one of the MLSs that we have a data sharing agreement. Okay. All right. So, so those would be the three main things that we check just to ensure, because when we're providing other people's data at the request of someone who is not them, we need to make sure that they're protected, that they're being acknowledged that this is their data. So you as opposed to the brokerage. So what basically is there's requirements and you, you have to do a vetting to make sure that those requirements have been met so that that feed can uh, go through. And it, it can be kind of an extensive vetting process to, to go through because we would provide them a, a, a feed, a data feed with a limited data set just to ensure that they are doing what we need them to do before we would turn on. The so, so you, so you go and look at it and make sure that it's what it's supposed to be. Right. And once we have a vendor that we know is capable of it, that's when it becomes much easier. That's when it's, you know, you send in a request. I would like an IDX feed of everyone's data going to my website. And then if I've already worked with that vendor, if we know that they can be compliant with this, it gets easier then because then they already have the data feed in place. They already have established that they can display the required fields. So it's a little bit easier at that point to provide data, everyone's data, not just the brokerage data. So the first, the first, the first two that we talked about, the back office feeds uh, were fairly simple. Uh, The uh, syndication were fairly simple. Both of those, because you were only sending that broker's listing. So now that we're in the IDX arena, it's more complex. I can see that. But then I would imagine you also have agreements or contracts that have to be signed by both the broker requesting it and the vendor that might be actually building their site for them that where they're agreeing and that they're going to follow these requirements. Right. So to, con- to contrast it with the, the back office uh, for that, I really just need to know from the broker, I want my data to go here. For for the IDX, we would need the signed agreement because when you're dealing with data that's not just your own, and this is the same as us, when we're dealing with data, because it's not our data, it's the broker's data. When we're dealing with data that's not our own, we need to have it formalized in writing with a contract to know that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing with the data and not going beyond the extent of what they're licensed to do with that data. So for the same for us, we have licensing agreements for what we're allowed to do with the broker's data. This would be, well, your third party 
only has specific purposes that they can use this data for because it's not just the broker's data. So that's why the IDX process uh, a lot more complicated. So we have the broker specific agreement where the broker is acknowledging what website will be publishing this data because it's specifically for a public facing website. They're acknowledging which third party they want us to send this data to. And then we would have an additional agreement between us and that third party. And that's where we outline the obligations of what they're allowed to do with the data to make sure it's not going beyond the scope of the IDX website. Sometimes they try, <laughs> uh, and that's where we get to the point of, is a mobile app, is that considered IDX? Is that considered within the scope of a public-facing website? So that's where it gets a little bit more tricky, and you kind of have to see what we're even allowed to do with the data. Are we allowed to provide it for this purpose? Because it's not our data, it's licensed to us right. to then subsequently. Uh, and I would imagine on a mobile app, it gets a little trickier to make sure you have all those attributions and everything are, are squeezed in uh, on the smaller form factor. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Cause it's not just you, it's not just having to display listing office. You would have to display it in a certain font size compared to the rest of a website. That would be one of the obligations for IDX. So if it's on a mobile app, it's not necessarily going to represent exactly what the same vendor would have done on a public facing website. So that's where it's, you would have to run a compliance check on that as well. If we even consider a mobile app to be IDX. So it could be, or if they miss the mark, maybe it's not. So it can, it could go either way. Yes. Uh, and th there have been cases where people have missed the mark, uh, by a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, that's very interesting. So, yeah, so I, I'm definitely not the sort of person that just the rubber stamps, everything to go through. I'm really careful with what we do with our data. Well, it's, I'm, I'm glad you're careful and I'm sure our members really appreciate that. So yeah, it, it, I, I'm just borrowing it. It's their data. I'm just borrowing it and trying to do my best with what they want me to do with it. So for that reason, I, I, I don't just let things slide. I'm really strict in terms of the display requirements. Okay, so let's uh, recap. So we have uh, the back office type uh, requests for uh, data, and you handle those. And those are fairly simple because you're just giving the broker back just his own set of uh, listing data. And then we have the syndication Again, you're only sending to syndication sites just that broker's listing data. And then for IDX, that's where you're including other brokers in the MLS as well as other brokers in other MLSs if they're, that's allowed in that data sharing agreement with that other MLS. And that one does have extensive uh, contracts and agreements that have to be signed not only by the broker requesting it but by the vendor that is going to provide the, the website. Exactly. And, and for that, it's a very similar process in terms of how we package the data to send it out. It's just a matter of, am I packaging a one firm's data, one brokerage's data? Am I packaging it along with a lot of other people? Or am I packaging a full-blown IDX feed? 
So it, it's setting up similar packages. It's just how I'm mailing it out. It, it would be a little bit different. Okay. So, and if anybody hears the uh, fact that NAR has a, a new uh, rule as it relates to that, that new rule doesn't really impact us because we've been around for 99 years and we've always taken the position that the broker owns the data and the broker actually licenses in writing licenses the data to the MLS to us for MLS purposes, data sharing purposes, things like that. Yeah. So I've already been uh, essentially what the NAR mandate is going to be. We've already been doing that. It's, so for us, it's not going to have an effect. I, I think it's it's good that, that the NAR mandate's coming out, but for us, I, it just isn't gonna apply because that's something that we are already been doing. It's part of our philosophy, but it's also part of what we have to do given that so it is broker-owned yeah. data. <laughs> so it's not, it's not just our philosophy, it's our legal structure. Yes, yeah, it's because we're licensed to do with the data only specific things. So if they want it back, yeah, we'll, we'll get that back to them. All right. So the takeaway then is if you hear that about the NAR change, know that when it comes to my real source, there's no change. Yeah, it, it was a fun article to read on a Thursday. Well, that's how I would put it for my, how it's impacting what I do. Okay. All right. Well, th this has been very interesting. And John, I want to really thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us about uh, data distribution today. And we'll probably have you uh, back as a guest uh, on a later uh, podcast to talk about some other issues. Oh, I love that. Uh, and anything I can do to alleviate concerns when there's a new article, is this going to substantially change something in terms of how we operate? I would love to come on and talk about it. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you for having me. Yep. Bye-bye. I would like to sincerely thank John Found for his interview today. The information that he provided us was uh, very interesting and I hope to have John back uh, soon in the future. But before we, I let you go today, I want to remind everybody to go to yourrealsource.info uh, where you'll be able to ask questions so that we can answer those in future podcasts. You'll be able to get uh, information that we discussed on the last podcast, on this podcast. There you'll also be able to link to the place where you can uh, make a registration to visit our variety show mixing it up with my real source which is a live variety show where we have guests and we have uh, questions where you can win prizes so make sure that you uh, register for that we also have a place there where you can link to our youtube uh, channel which is my real source media and when you're there make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel so you always get the latest news uh, that's available and I want to thank uh, everybody uh, for listening. And I hope to see you next week. And remember, it's not the source if it's not your real source. <laughs>